Welcome everybody to Papa Spice's Hot Takes with Hans and Harry. Uh, I am Papa Spice uh, with a, a terminal case of the giggles. <laughs> we're already de- we're already derailed. <laughs> yes, yes, we are. How is everybody out there in internet land doing on this fine evening or day or morning? Whenever you're listening to us, we hope you're doing well. Uh, Harry, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing great, Papa. Uh, you still can't find that uh, hit record button, so that's why uh, <laughs> we have a case of the giggles. Uh, well, I think we're two pods running, maybe maybe three, uh, where uh, right before we hit record, uh, Greg uh, has an outburst of frustration uh, about uh, Zoom. So Zoom, if you're listening, uh, you know, just change the features a little bit. Uh, make it more yeah, user-friendly G. for our man, G, for hosting uh, abilities. Um, but yeah, no, I am paying you. uh, How is there no record button? Like, why do I have to go into sub menus? Like what's going on with this UI? Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, I'm, I'm sure it's fine. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm doing well. Uh, some, some nice weather, uh, lately, uh, windows open type weather. Um, not having to, uh, get out of your house, uh, to hit, be hit by the sun weather. So, and I've uh, been watching a lot of content lately. I mean, we're in a, we always talk about it, but I mean, between House of the Dragon, Rings of Power, Andor showing up, She Hulk, you know, if you're, if you're a nerd uh, or if you love, you know, any type of uh, this IP content, then yeah, you're, this is, this is the sweet time for you. For sure. I'm going to add one and subtract one from your list. I have not started Andor yet. But I have okay. been watching uh, Dahmer on Netflix. Mm. That's, there you go. That's there, there's another one just added to the uh, the pile of IP. Mm-hmm. I've heard so many people talk about that, like recent, like, and I, I guess I, I guess it's the same people who did American Horror Story and and Evan Peters, and you know Evan Peters plays extremely creepy and almost everything other than like Wandavision. So, yeah, and mm. I'll tell you what, I mean. It speaks to his ability as an actor to kind of blend into a role. But, you know, I'm I'm into some of the macabre stuff and I've uh, did deep dives on, you know, serial killers and things of that nature. Please don't uh, unsubscribe. It's okay. Uh, Shout out last pod on the left. Last podcast on the left. Great, uh, great podcast that talks about these types of uh, subject matters. But um yeah, uh, Evan Peters like seamlessly blends into the character uh, or the role of Jeffrey Dahmer. I mean, looks like him. He's got the the Milwaukee uh, accent or almost uh, Ohio also because that's that's where he was originally from. It's just it's uncanny. So uh, kudos to him. I'm sure I would be shocked if he didn't get nominated for something with this. Um, because he's he's really showing off some chops, even more so than I think in his other roles with uh with that crew. Uh, Hans, how about you, man? How how are you doing? Are you watching anything good? I'm trying. Like I so I just um and Harry and I were talking about it yesterday. I just finished up Severance. Um, which mm. anyone I have you started that or started watching that, Greg? Or I have, and I've I've heard all the the chit chat about it. Like it, it sounds pretty good, but I haven't watched it. Okay. All right. Yeah. It, that's, uh, I, I, uh, well, between last weekend, uh, when Cobra Kai dropped and the last weekend, all I did was watch Cobra Kai and Severance. So I'm, I'm done. I, I unhealthily watched Cobra Kai. 
um, <laughs> which I always say I love this week to week, and especially with like Lord of the Rings. And and I didn't I haven't started House of Dragon, but like all the Disney Plus shows, and there is a lot going on right now in terms of like content out there. And we were, I, you know, Catherine and I were talking about it the other day of looking for a new show to watch because we don't really like our similarities and like well our likes don't really match up so she'll never watch rings of power or house of dragon she hulk any of that um but uh we actually were thinking about starting Dahmer. um she's been on like a serial killer kick lately which i mean i think her favorite book Look is catcher in the, i think her favorite book's catcher in the rye too which is like an, apparently another red flag for serial killers but um <laughs> but yeah, I, it just nice I've been knowing your hands. Yeah, I've been trying to get caught up, and I it's I I have to like tell on myself because I like when Rings of Power when we did our episode on Rings of Power, I said I was not going to miss an episode, and every Friday I was going to watch it. I'm like two behind because there's just a uh-huh. lot of stuff out there right now, and yeah. I'm hopefully I'll, I'll get caught up this weekend. Um, and I think a couple other shows, but it just it's a lot. It really there there's a lot that got dropped at one time. And which is probably good because we have a nice smooth winner and, you know, there's not going to be that too much to watch. So we'll see. We'll see. At least TV show wise. Well, God bless you with House of the Dragon, because I don't know how you can avoid spoilers. Like I, I just like I see so many and I don't even follow like accounts that provide spoilers per se. But just anytime something gets memed, which is so frequently now, it's like, oh, God. Like if I hadn't watched this, I totally would have been spoiled by this. Yeah, I've been paying. Like I, I see, like I, there's you know a ton of people pay. Like, but I usually just like scroll right past, and if I don't understand the context of it, I'm not going to retain it. Like I won't retain mm-hmm. any of that information on that. So you know, and I'm not the I'm not like the hugest as we said on here, like Game of Thrones follower. Um, I've seen the beginning and the end, um, just that middle middle meat that I uh, I missed out on. Some of the best but, meat um, on there, <laughs> but. <laughs> It's like show like like with House of Dragon, I'll see stuff. I have no idea what's going on with it. Like who's who and and you know, Harry and I talked about it where like there's time jumps in there and it just yeah. So I'm I I'm gonna go in seeing stuff, but I couldn't tell you one thing about it. I only I know like three people that are in the show. Mm-hmm. So Okay. Yeah. But I heard it's well, great. It is, it is for sure. Uh well just stay spoiler free. Go in as cold as you can. Stay so, spoiler free. Uh, all right, folks. Well, we are here with another round of Never Have I Ever Seen, and hands, hands our boy. That's right. He was in the hot seat this week. Uh, so, hands. What movies did we choose for you? Uh, so the so we did two. Uh, one of them. It's usually how we do it. Yes. So <laughs> they they were actually both very like recent movies. Um, within the past five years, which is great. Thank you both for not, you know, me not having to go back into like looking for v- VHSs to watch. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry I didn't choose Rad. <laughs> yeah, no, I've seen that plenty of times. <laughs> um, but if we, if I ever pick that, you guys, I'll, I'll lend you the DVD. Don't worry about it. Um, so the pass. first one we we got Sound of Metal from 2019 and mm-hmm. Black Klansman from 2018. Um, both uh, were critically acclaimed movies. Um, so, I mean, in terms of they were up for multiple awards. Um, but I, I honestly, like, I, I think these were two really good choices. Um, but, you know, we're going to dive into each each uh, each one. But uh, start off with, like, Sound of Metal. Um, I, I, this, 
Harry, thank you for picking this because actually both oh, these have welcome. been on my radar since they came out, but more so this because um, I'm a huge like Riz Ahmed fan. Um, I, I think I've seen most of the stuff that he's done other than I think uh, The Night Of um, and maybe one fantastic, other thing. fantastic, by the way. I would definitely um, take time to check that which out. Which I've heard it's great. Um, I uh, So just... I, I love how like a lot of the roles that he's in. Uh, I just I try not to skip a Rizamid movie because I think he's a phenomenal up. I don't even say up and coming actor. I mean he's been nominated for for this movie, um, but I think he's definitely going to have a long career in Hollywood and hopefully it's a successful one. So this is about a drummer who um, he loses his hearing uh, like all of a sudden. Uh, it's not really like something where he loses it over time. It's basically over the span of a couple days it seems, where he. Uh, he goes completely deaf. Now he's in a career that revolves around sound as a drummer. Uh, he's in the band with his girlfriend who's played by Olivia Wilde. Um, That's she, close. Olivia, Olivia Cook. I, I, I honestly, Olivia Wilde on the brain. I, I, <laughs> don't worry, darling. I, I, don't worry, that, darling. Yeah. I wrote that down and, 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 uh, and fixed it quick. And I'm like, no, Olivia Cook, Olivia Cook. But I think I, I read so much about Olivia Wilde lately where I'm like, there's other Olivia's like, yeah. So I apologize, Olivia Cook, if you're listening. Uh, you're you're the much <laughs> you're the much superior Olivia. Um, she is um, Ruben's girlfriend. Ruben played by Riz Ahmed. Uh, so she uh, they're they're traveling together. He loses his hearing. Then he ends up um, in a a rehab for or a, a I guess it's considered I guess a, ha- a halfway house for um, people who are you know. Uh, drug addicts and alcoholics who are also deaf. So he also, he has to basically learn to come to terms with his hearing loss. Um, the, uh, and you know what? There's a lot of other people in this movie that like, I know I've seen them before. Um, like Paul Racy or Rachy and Racy. I'm sorry if you guys no, am I saying Paul it correctly. Racy, sure. Paul, um, we're going to call him Joe. Uh, uh, his, like, I, he's like definitely one of those guys that I've seen before and I couldn't really, I had to like go on IMDb and kind of let it click. Um, he plays the, uh, I guess the, the mat, like he basically runs the, uh, the halfway house for, um, for the people living there. Uh, this, this movie really is, it's hard to explain like kind of how I felt with it because there were a few times where like I was watching it and I, and I feel like I don't want to say there's pacing issues, but it definitely felt like there was like some slow time. But then I, I thought like as the movie went on, like there's a lot of time where there's no there's no sound or there. And it's basically because they're talking in sign when they're talking in sign. There's no subtitles or anything. So like your mind kind of is wondering, like your at least for me when I was watching it, I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, I like I have no idea what is going on like what they're talking about right now. I don't know if that, you know, that's probably intentional where it's like, you know, this is you as, as a, as a viewer, when you watch this movie and, and you're able to hear like, that's, these are struggles that people like, you know, like with communication and like when they're at the dinner table and they're all talking and they don't say what's going on and no one's saying a single word. And I, and I kind of like, as the movie went on, I really, I guess, appreciated those scenes more. Because I think it adds a lot of like depth to the storytelling where it's like, okay, you can't hear anything or you're trying to have trouble with what these characters are, are communicating or saying. 
And I think it just adds to, especially when they just cut off all sound. And we'll talk about kind of towards the ending. There's scenes in there where there's absolutely, you can't hear a single thing. And I really think that adds a lot to it. It's kind of like, say, if you're in a movie theater and you're watching, I don't know, like, I'm just going to say like a found footage movie and it goes like all black and you have no idea like what's (laughs) going on. And just like, you know, I think it adds a little more to uh, to watching it. Um, Ruben is he's a drug addict. So, uh, you know, when he does talk to Joe for the first time, he says like he's pretty much done everything. He had a really hard past and he's been clean for four years. Um, I, I I think that that I like that part of the story, but the, the I think the thing that I like most about that whole story was the fact that they focused more on the hearing loss. I feel like a lot of these stories, like if like struggling musicians with with either alcohol or drug addiction, they really kind of go towards that where like maybe he'll relapse or or have to fight another demon that he had before, like the drug addiction on top of the hearing. I like that they just focused on just his hearing and they didn't really like I never thought like halfway through that he was ever going, he was ever gonna like, he was never going to relapse. And I liked how they just continued to just see him improve with, um, you know, with Joe and his team. Um, I, I love the first half of this movie with Olivia cook. I thought she was phenomenal. I don't know if she was nominated. Probably no. not. I got to check. Yeah. I, I think she should. I think her, it was, she was, a good enough a performance where she could have got a nomination. Um, but you know, she, she does come back a little later in the movie. Um, but at my initial reactions where I really did enjoy this movie, I'm glad that it was, it was selected because it, like I said, both these movies have been on my radar this more. So um, I think actually, because I could say one reason because it was on Amazon prime at the time. And um, I didn't have to go to the theater to watch it and black Klansman at the time I would have had to, and it was hard for me to go to movies at the time. So. Yeah, always, always, um, always struggling. Now, I'll tell uh, Greg. Have is this the first time you've seen this, or it is? Yeah, I had not okay. seen Sound of Metal previously either. Oh, you're okay. welcome, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> what are uh, what were your thoughts on it? Um, yeah. So, I I'm not quite as enthusiastic about it as you are. Um, I did think Riz Ahmed was spectacular in his role as Ruben. And, uh, you know, you, you bring up um, Paul Racy's character, Joe, uh, whenever the two of them are on screen together. Uh, and, you know, it's it's mostly just sit down conversations, but it's it's kind of electric. It's it's fascinating. There's a, a chemistry between those two that um, they just they really play well off each other. Um but the rest of the movie was kind of boring for me. And Unreal. I hate to say that. Yeah. Well, I look, I hate to say it because it's not like, like I'm empathetic towards what Ruben was going through. I mean, that's a tragedy, but maybe, I don't know. It just, the movie didn't keep my interest. Like, let me, let me put some context on it. So every night, almost every night, I watch a movie and that comes after full day of work that comes after watching my daughter for the remainder of the evening, putting her down. So after I do all that, I decompress by watching a movie and usually um, I'm able to, you know, keep my senses about me and, and watch the movie and I'm engrossed in it. But for some reason, this movie just didn't engross me. It didn't draw me in. I mean, I, I was awake for the whole thing. I watched it and, 
there are certainly like again you know Riz Ahmed I thought was tremendous and um I can see why people would like this and and think that it's great it just didn't captivate me uh so I don't know I don't know if it was because maybe I was feeling a little tired or or whatever hands you mentioned um some issues with the pacing and I I definitely felt that like the lack of sound doesn't bother me so much in, in certain scenes. It's just, uh, how do I describe it? I, I don't even know. I just, it, it, there wasn't anything that really pulled me in and, and made me get invested in this. There's, um, there's definitely some scenes of like mundane life, like just kind of like when he does, I think the RV scene is like when he's packing it up and trying to sell the things for it. Like it's not a long scene, but it's just like, he's doing that. And then, you know, there is a couple scenes I think um, where, you know, it's just kind of Riz, you know, on screen, you know, just trying to understand, you know, what's happening or what's going on, like Chris described. So there's definitely some mm-hmm. just slice of life scenes where it's like there isn't much action happening or it's not moving very quickly. And we're just kind of focused on on that scene. So um, I could. Say yeah. That. And and I, I get like, you know, I, I know there there are deeper things at play, obviously, you know, um, like you had uh, mentioned, Hans, we don't see really much if any of his his drug use or whatever but his his new drug his, his relapsing is almost him trying to get back that sound and you know he's like trying to grasp at straws to hold on to that sense and uh and so you know he'll do whatever it takes um almost in effect kind of making him like a junkie for for hearing and even with all of that like i could recognize that stuff was going on but it just it didn't kind of pull me in the way that I think most people get pulled in. So I don't know. Um, it, it was a fine movie for me, <laughs> but I wasn't Unreal. nearly as impressed as I think most people were. So, and as we were talking, like, and I, 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 Greg thinking about that, like, you know, the fact of getting his hearing back is his new addiction. Mm-hmm. I, as we were like, kind of going through it, I, I, I guess that's kind of how I saw it too, because then he starts talking about the trailer and trying to sell it. And he's basically trying to get money. Like he's asking people for money where it, it's someone like basically if they had a drug addiction would do. And he's trying to say like, Oh, I, I'm good for it. I'm good for it. I'm good for it. But you know, he, he's trying to, he has good intentions of paying people back, but it's just like, uh, it's, it's that same mentality. So. And I didn't I didn't write the quote down, but I'm pretty sure that last conversation that he has with Joe, Joe basically says as much. He's like, I've seen that look before, like, you know, because he is uh, um, Ruben is acting like a junkie, like trying to, you know, he sold off all his stuff just to get his fix. Uh, and uh, now he's trying to to borrow money from all these places. And Hey, can I just crash here? I know I broke the rules and, you know, that type of stuff. So. Yeah, the behavior is is totally matching. It's just um I don't know, didn't didn't quite do it for me. Harry, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think I got to uh I got to start um I will say this, this definitely feels like a theater movie to me. Um hmm. with especially the way you two are describing it, like which is funny cuz it's Amazon. Um but it's like for I think you probably would have been more invested, Greg, if you were in like a a movie theater actually, you know, having to sit down and focus, not I don't think it's the end of the world for it, but it, it's tough. And when we when we get to our next movie, I'll, I'll kind of relate to that because um, with Black Klansman, I missed it in theaters 
And, um, but yeah, um, but you no, know, I, I mean, I love sound of metal. Um, I'm pretty sure I saw it, uh, at the film festival, uh, in the year 2019. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure I did. So, um, as Chris mentioned earlier, it was nominated for, for some Oscars. It was nominated for six actually, uh, which it was kind of one of those surprise, not surprises, but it was one of those movies that I was happy was getting a lot of love. I think of a movie like, uh, ex machina. That one, I think, like best visual effects that won uh, Oscars. And that was like, you know, nice because it's not a movie that a ton of people saw. Um, and I had felt like, you know, Sound of Metal, especially being, I think, a straight streaming movie, um, you know, could have done with being in, in theaters for it because uh, the two Oscars that it did win for was best sound and best editing, um, which, you know, obviously we talked about the way sound is used in this movie and. Um, I guess you guys had a problem with the editing of it, uh, the film editing, but, uh, you know, maybe they could have picked up a, a little bit more of a pace there. Um, it was also nominated for Best Picture, Actor, Supporting Actor, and Screenplay as well. Um, and we talked a little bit about House of the Dragon at the top. Uh, Olivia Cook, she's in uh, House of the Dragon, so um, there's a little tie in there for everybody uh, who's listening and who hasn't jumped into the uh, house of dragon yet. If you like Olivia cook um, all the performances in this film, I thought were really great. It kind of felt, you know, I mentioned slice of life. It, it definitely felt like a grounded movie. It definitely felt very much like we're, you know, in, you know, 2019 or, you know, right around that time, um, you know, very uh, real take on things, which I, I think is, I'm always a little bit of a sucker for um, when it's like not trying to play with like, Oh, this movie is like 10 years ago before cell phones. And here's the scene. Um, so uh, I did read that uh, Riz Ahmed, he did learn ASL and playing the drums for this movie, which I thought was a pretty, wow. pretty fascinating. Um, and I, I, you guys were talking a little bit about it, but like there's this life changing event, um, you know, obviously that happens with Ruben uh, Riz Ahmed, and like he has difficulty accepting that change because of all of the things like literally his life is completely changing. You know, his girlfriend is leaving him to do his own thing so he can focus on this. Also, and it's it's all within a, a very short span, too. It's yeah. not even like a gradual transformation. Yeah. When we talk like there's the early scenes, um, you know, when it's talking about uh you know, hey, if you don't deal with this quickly, like, you know, you're going to lose your hearing for good. And that's the other thing is, is, is Ruben thinks like, I can fight this, I can beat this, it's gonna work out. And he just makes it even worse for it. Um, And, you know, Chris mentioned See, that dinner's I, I, I'm sorry, I was just gonna say, I read that differently. When I was watching it, I read it as almost like defiance, like not, not I'm gonna hmm. beat this, but like, Hey, no, the stuff right. that I'm doing, like my music, my art supersedes my personal needs. And, you know, whether whether that's because of his love for it or because of his need for, you know, money, I don't yeah. know. But but that's yeah, how that, I took it. Yeah. He like spits in the face of like this doctor pretty much of like right. now, like he almost like stands up against it and says, like, not me, like it's going to be different for me. And, you know, you're just kind of cringing. At least I was because it's like, I don't think this is going to work out. Right. Um, <laughs> so but what I love so much about that dinner scene um, is it's the first one um, because they and th this is always a sign to a good movie to me as well as like when you call back to it later on in the movie and show the difference of this scene and that first dinner scene that he sits down. It's like Chris said, it, it's like for us to be able to sit in and look at and be like, what's happening here? Let me see if I can try to figure it out. But it's also Riz Ahmed. 
he doesn't know ASL. He doesn't know sign language. Um, he can't hear anything. Everybody's signing. And it's like you're now it almost felt like you were taking a language course in college and you're jumping into like year four of it or you're jumping into like, you know, some computer programming thing that you've like never, you know, and you're just like trying to play catch up like in the big leagues, you know. Um, and so it, it's, a, it's a pretty incredible scene to me because it just like you're trying and you can kind of start. It's it's so fun because you start smiling and figuring out kind of what's happening and, and who's talking to who about what. Um, and it, it, it works really, really well uh, for me. Um, yeah, I, I, I didn't I don't think about the pacing problems as much as you guys have. I mean, maybe it's because I saw it in a the theater. Maybe it's because. I, you know, I've only seen it once um, back then and just, you know, maybe I'm not remembering it as, as well. But I mean, I felt like I was kind of hooked um, in it um, and into the into the world and trying to understand it. And one thing that I really did enjoy about the movie um, a lot was learning the difference between uh, being in the ASL community versus the uh, cochlear implant like in kind of the the battle between that and like how it's like frowned upon in, in the ASL community and just kind of like learning to live. And it's, you know, because there are some people who are just, you know, born uh, being deaf or whatnot. So I thought that was an interesting dive into a world. I didn't really know or understand um, in regards to that. Um, so that was another, another highlight for me. And, you know, as, as Greg, you mentioned the, the Riz Ahmed, you know, Ruben and, and Paul Racy Joe scenes when, whenever they sit down, it's electric because it's, it's Riz, you know, nine times out of 10 being absolutely, uh, you know, losing his mind pretty much like aggressive, angry, frustrated, annoyed, you know, basically any negative energy, he was being the salt. Um, and meanwhile, you know, Paul Racy, Joe, <laughs> he's being the sun and trying to calm everything down, you know, and trying to calm him down. And, and like, he's so assured it's, it's definitely like a father son dynamic a little bit in a, as well with just how calm and respectful he is the whole time. He never loses his cool. He never, you know, uh, freaks out at him. And, um, Another thing that I just really love with the movie is like the, just the sign language and, and how well it's done um, with just like some of the impacts for it. And just sometimes all you're hearing is them doing signs um, without any words. Um, sometimes, I mean, sometimes they are talking as they're doing the signs um, as well, but um, yeah, really, really, really enjoyed uh, the movie. Um, but Hands, I'll throw it back to you if there was anything else you wanted to, that you took away from the movie. Um, I'm disappointed. Every, I can't seem to find a movie for Papa that is like five stars <laughs> out of five from him. I think there's been a couple, but like mostly I'm batting like 200%. I'm all near the Mendoza line with Greg with when I pick movies for Greg. <laughs> it's real upsetting for me. Um, no, like I, and just to bounce off and well, I guess I, I you know, I, I didn't kind of dig too like dig too much into it was uh the relationship with joe and and ruben um there's two scenes that like i i love the scene where they first meet because i feel like ruben can read or joe can read ruben like better than ruben can think like he he knows ruben and he's his, been like, down that road you exactly know I mean? with it's, many it's, people yeah. it's and he has yeah. that experience um like i said i think he said he was in vietnam and he came back yeah and, and ruined a, his relationship with his his 
child and his and his wife. Um, and then the last conversation that he has when he basically throws Ruben out or asks him to leave. Um, there's I the way that um Paul Racy, like when he his facial characteristics in, in that scene, it's like you can tell his character does care for I uh, pretty much all these people that come through looking for help. And it, it's almost like he's he's holding back tears from like crying. And I don't know if that's just that's his like natural face or like kind of, but it's just like it looks like he's he's trying to like as strong as as hard as he can to hold back showing any more emotion for Ruben. And yeah. I think he's trying to be strong kind of for both of them because he knows where Ruben's path is kind of headed. And but he knows what he has to do. And he knows and you know, he explained the rules to Ruben and Ruben broke them. Um, yeah. and I just think that the, the, you know, um, Greg, when you had said their chemistry with, with each other, it is, it really is phenomenal. And, and bo I, I would even say like, I don't know, and I'm going to look it up who won that year for either best actor, best supporting actor, but I, I just, uh, I, it was, I, it was Remy Malek for uh, actor Christ. for Bohemian Rhapsody you mean? and supporting right, actor was, was Mahershala Ali for, for Green Book. I believe, but let me just check that. Okay. Um, my, 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 all right. So, Oh, uh, you know what? I, no, I have the wrong year, but go ahead. Keep going. So I was going to say with, uh, with, if it was Rami Malik, uh, I, I can't argue that, but you know, that, that, that movie, that, that that's a mess of a movie. I hope, I hope we never have to watch that on this podcast. Um, we, we just got to get Riz Ahmed a good set of chompers. <laughs> yeah. yeah right. He can, and he can pull Freddie all... Mercury off. No problem. Um, but, I, I think they they I, I mean I, I think Riz Ahmed had I haven't seen him in a role where he doesn't have chemistry with his co-stars. And out of there's only one other one, and I put this in my notes where I, I think my my favorite role of his is still Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm. I think a close second behind that is is this with him and Joe. And I, but I think he's just such a great, like a great actor where he just, they both elevate each other in the scenes. Um, you got it? No, no, keep going. I, oh, all right. It came out in 2019, but the year is 2020 that the Oscars are for. So that's all right. All it's right. one of those well, jokes. Gotcha. Uh, oh, it's going to be someone. Oh, uh, is it Joaquin Phoenix for Joker? I'm losing my mind. Give me a minute. Yeah, keep going. I'm so sorry. Okay, guys, so, in, in case you haven't figured it out, this is the most professional podcast. Listen, <laughs> nothing yeah, but I top had flight it up research. and then I closed it and now I can't find it anymore. We're gonna we're gonna change this to off the rails. Um, <laughs> off but, the rails. Um, but yeah, I mean I I, I love that I, I love that relationship that those two had and Harry you had said it's like father and son. And it, it really, I, I think that that scene really made me sad because, you know, you want, not only do you want Ruben to, uh, like, you know, he, he has to realize his mistakes. And even after he gets the implants, he realizes that, I think at one point, like, he's like, this was not a good idea. <laughs> like, he like he can't hear anything. And that's why, you know, he turns them off at the end. Um, but I think I, I just, I, I wish that Ruben kind of would have listened to Joe and we you know, I, I, I thought my, my, you know, the ends kind of open to interpretation of where Ruben was going. And like, kind of like in my mind, he was going back to that, that house to kind of maybe have a second chance with, with, um, with Joe and, and, you know, teach at the school or, or do whatever. Um, the other thing too, and I'm glad that I, I'm, I'm kind of surprised. Like I thought this movie was going to be, when I first saw the trailer, 
wasn't going to be him learning. Like, so I thought it was going to be him learning to like drum and like basically learn to play the drums while death. And that's why I thought there was going to be a lot more like music scenes where he's playing the drums. I'm glad there wasn't. I'm glad with what we got. Um, but you, you still see a little that sprinkled in, like when he's playing the drums with the kids. Um, I thought those scenes were, you know, real, real touching because, you know, for most of the beginning of the movie, Ruben's really only thinking about himself and, um, what's it what's her name lulu is that lulu mm-hmm. that's what, yep. yeah lulu um yeah. he's really only thinking about them and him getting to what he needs to be and then he starts to kind of open up i mean he's doing stuff for all the people in the house like drawing naked pictures for them and for tattoo ideas um and then you know I actually i like that scene <laughs> i thought that was i did cute. too i thought it was really funny because it's like as he, and i don't want to you know we're going to keep this as pg as possible um mm-hmm. where like he's like offering the edits and he's like fixing it right i'm like this is I, I i thought that was great i actually love their little relationship like as a side relationship yeah. i thought they were great together um especially when it comes to him selling his stuff and and with the van um i thought i thought that was really uh really good um the, i think one of the movies like the, the this movie like and i and this was in my notes i have like an irrational fear like a subconscious fear of like something like this happening to me of like just at one day like i'm getting older i'm not now i'm not like <laughs> senior citizen level like i'm coming up on that hill what was that um shut up but bro, um, I'm a year older than you, so don't. What is no, this? no, no. But I'm just like I'm just saying. It's like now I'm not a musician. I'm nowhere close to a musician or anything. Like I listen to music. That's about it. Um, but it's like I I always have like the, I I always have like this like fear of like what if like one day like my hearing just it deteriorates, and now like everything I knew like I'm not gonna hear things like I'm not gonna hear stuff that I love like music. I'm not gonna be able to have conversations with you guys like normal and you know i wouldn't be like and i'm just like it's a weird subconscious fear that i have like always had and then so like just seeing this and how like seeing it like on a realistic level of like someone who you know relied on it for their whole entire life how what were you gonna say you look like you look disgusted at me uh well so so this movie came out in 2019 uh at the toronto film festival but didn't release in theaters on the u.s side um until like 2020 so that meant that the oscars was 2021 that it was a part of and i'm pretty sure i don't know if i actually saw this in a theater now that i think about it (laughs) um what did you watch everything i I don't know did you watch venom yeah it was venom exactly (laughs) it was venom but the, and this the has first... been Harry misremembers. Yeah, and that was, yeah, a wrong, exactly. it was he saw Venom. That, he saw Riz on that. He's like, <laughs> I think I saw this in theaters. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm starting to doubt it now because if it, that year I think for the film festival was at uh, home um, where they were we just streamed it. Um, Bro, when was he nominated? <laughs> so for the 2021 Oscars for the year 2020, um, right, who won? Right. Anthony Hopkins for the father. So oh, that was, that the, was uh, the year. Okay, yeah, that Chadwick. was that was yeah. the chaos. That was like the chaotic year where like they did best actor last. Right. Yeah. Well, it wasn't the chaotic year. It was when they tried something different and it didn't because they thought out. one thing and it just yeah you know poor Anthony Hopkins and uh, um, the actor in a supporting role as we talked about Paul Racy Daniel Kaluuya won for Judas and the Black Messiah. So gotcha. Okay. Two right. heavy hitters there that they were oh, where they had both leads as best supporting. <laughs> yeah, go figure. Exactly. So I didn't see that, so I didn't know who was the other. I don't know who was up for the other role for that for supporting. So, um, 
All right. Well, all right. Thank you for, for, what, for solving Judas. That. Yeah, I didn't see Judas. Uh, yeah, it was Lakeith Stanfield. He was the other okay. actor in that. All right. Um, but back to you know we're derailing a little bit. Uh, per usual. This is an Oscar <laughs> talk, but I, I mean, like, just the kind of like my my couple like of the other thoughts that I had. Um, you know, I I kind of when I said like with Riz Ahmed, um, I, I think this is he he definitely has. I, he has a range in terms of his characters that he plays. And I think this is just a real, this was really good to show off um, like his skills. I, I honestly hope, you know, we all do a bad like a bad thing once in a while. So we'll let him slide with the whole venom thing. He probably just needed a house. He That's needed fine. A paycheck. Like, exactly. Like I'm not, you, you know that he was signing on, like I need to do this movie. He was not doing that. Um, but I'm glad that it, you know, he was able to do that so we can make little smaller movies like this, um, for sound of metal. Um, but I, 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 overall, I love this movie. I'm glad that, you know, like I said, Harry had picked it. Um, and I finally knocked it off my bucket list of movies because, uh, it's a very, very, very extremely long list. Um, and I'm glad it was Amazon because, you know, I don't have to go out or, or go anywhere to like, say it's just in the comfort of my own home. So, Yeah. Um, but I give it four it? out of five. I give it four out of five stars. Um, nice. I, I was, I was, I really did. I, I enjoyed, uh, like I said, other than the pacing, I, I was really, I was really invested with Ruben's story, how they left it kind of open at the end. Um, I was more of a hopeful, a more hopeful ending for him where he, he went back to the house and, and lived his life there. And, um, oh, also I did not know when I said like other people that were in this movie that I didn't realize, um, Makari from Eternals is the uh, ASL teacher, which mm-hmm. I had no idea. Uh, I kept saying she looked familiar, um, and I could not figure it out. And then I went on IMDb, and, and which I didn't even realize that she was actually she is deaf um, mm-hmm. in real life. She's actually like Miss Deaf America a couple years ago. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Hm. Yeah, so that was a fun little thing, and a couple other people just like were in showed up, and I was like, hey, I know that guy. I don't know his name, but I know him. Uh, I think someone from like Abbott Elementary was in it. Um, oh yeah, yep. I didn't see him. I think I just met, like I I passed him and I'm like, oh, I missed him. I'm not rewinding now. I don't care that much. <laughs> so, yeah, but I I do four out of five. Okay, so, Greg, what about you? Uh oh, one quick note before I get to my rating that I just wanted to add. Um, Harry mentioned when when he was discussing it that uh, this movie. Um, it was kind of, uh, you know, has more like a realistic tone. And I think that goes with the aesthetic as well. The way that the film was shot, I really enjoyed. It's very kind of down to earth and, and realistic and not necessarily cinematic per se, but just it it looks good. It looks real, kind of like you're in the moment in that room with those characters. So really appreciated very- that. It was a very gray movie. Like there's definitely a bit like a gray overtone through the whole movie. It's kind of like when you watch Ozark and everything's blue. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It has like that blue, like that blue lens to it. Like there's definitely like this movie has, has a lot of gray in it. So. Surprised you didn't um, see Twilight for the uh, for the blue there. Oh, how, how, many times, how many times did you see Twilight <laughs> in theater? Harry? Uh, in theater, probably twice at home. Uh, with my with my wife, I've probably seen it uh, up close to about twenty five times. Oof. 
Good so, Lord. Greg, what was your rating? What did you uh, settle on with your rating? <laughs> uh, so I am going two and a half stars out of five. <sighs> I think me. I know. I know. Look, look, I know that I am in the minority here and most people really enjoy it just wasn't for me i'm not going to discourage anybody from watching this movie i think it definitely has merit and i think that most people will probably enjoy it but uh yeah just just didn't do it for me i uh i decided uh, i listen i've decided for the group uh if if your if your letterbox or your star rating is is one star off of someone else um so like yours is a 2.5 mine's a four mm-hmm. Um, that's blasphemy. That means that means we're not connecting on it. So hit the bricks. <laughs> if, you, if you hit three out of four, okay, I, I might not have so many complaints, but for two and a half. Um, yeah, I just want to touch on a couple more things since I've already given my rating. Um, mm-hmm. really emotional scenes when Ruben and Lou circle back to each other. Um, I did uh, also read that this film was shot in a chronological order. Um, sometimes oh, wow. shoot, uh, you know, out of order for whatever reason. So most times, um, yeah, chronological is rare. Yeah. So the scenes with Lou, um, like she left for however many weeks. Uh, so Olivia Cook left, came back, got a haircut, and so like those scenes. I again, I, I think you when you focus on three per- people, um, as your main storytellers uh, or main actors in the story. Um, you know, works really well. And I think they have really good chemistry, uh, all of them. And that, and that scene, you know, really stands out because, you know, you know, Ruben's going back and he thinks it's going to be one thing, but it actually turns out to be something better. And I love the last shot of the movie. I think it's, I think it's a beautiful way to send the movie off into a, a more hopeful uh, way than when we started the movie. So four out of five stars for me. Highly recommend. Just got added to the Criterion uh, collection as well. So if you're looking to pick it up, um, you know, probably has some behind the scenes, some extra stuff there. So highly, highly recommend. Um, Glad Greg is recommending, but not loving. So that's always good to see. So yeah, I mean, if I if I could sum it up, I think I would quote the great 21st century mind dr harry cohen and say no big deal ferris wheel no big deal ferris wheel all right yeah, yeah. there you go perfect <laughs> love it oh boy <laughs> all right so as as the it's muppets a, would say moving right along as, as a, let's freaking do it um yeah uh actually just really quick on a side note uh, as we're already derailed i got something a notification across my phone um r.i.p coolio he uh oh, he no. passed away no. at 59 um coolio yeah oh, so that that's no. sad um yeah he was 59 uh i haven't heard of i honestly like he's been gone for a while um like in in the spotlight so but it's just it's it's always sad for when uh, uh a childhood uh musician that I, I i was not supposed to listen to but i did uh passed away uh yeah but uh 59 i think they uh, tmz just reported it so jeez yeah. Okay. R.I.P. Coolio. R.I.P. Yeah. Coolio. Hopefully, he's found his uh, gangster's paradise. Oh my god! <laughs> All right. Well, so our next movie is. Uh, <laughs> I love so the you know to, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't even know where to go from that. Um, <laughs> our next movie is Black Klansman. Um, 
This came out in, uh, and I'm sorry, correct me, 2018, I believe. Uh, you know, we'll have to fact check that apparently. No, no, um, no, that's accurate. That's accurate. 100%. All right. So it came out no, in the movie, Like I said, the movie came out in 2019. It just didn't release in the US, which is gotcha. what we go by. Yeah. But so yeah, this one's accurate. So you're good. Black Klansman was, uh, it came out in 2018, was nominated for uh, the 2022 Oscars, apparently. And um, sorry, 2019 Desmond. Oscars. <laughs> um, this is hate. about uh, a semi true story based on a book, a memoir um, for uh, an undercover cop who went in to try and infiltrate the uh, the Ku Klux Klan. Um, I this sounds like such a really bizarre, like kind of a premise that, you know, when I say semi true is that this actually happened um, to at least some extent. And I just this whole story of how it played out of how like, you know, he wanted to become a cop and like basically wants to <laughs> go and uh, undercover with another cop where, you know, um, was a John David Washington is um, is is Ron and he talks to the KKK over the phone while Adam Driver plays Flip, who's his I guess his partner who plays um, the uh, who basically is ron in real life when he goes to meet the kkk um this this is was directed I mean, by spike lee okay. i was gonna interrupt really quick hands uh this was um based off of uh ron stallworth um is is the man who uh i believe the the memoir you're referring to yes. um is about yes sorry i did not i thank you for saying his last name because yeah, yeah. i almost said i almost said ron he sounds like a fantasy football player we've all had for like 18 years <laughs> so well i almost said ron serling dante or Sterling, who's uh, the creator of the Twilight Zone, which it's not him. Definitely um, not him. <laughs> yes. Um, but I knew it was an S. Um, so, you know, he he goes into the point where he basically uh, infiltrates his way up to the Ku Klux Klan with, uh, with David Duke, um, played by Tover Grace, um, who a random casting. I'm sorry. We'll get I, I'll dig a little bit into Tover Grace later. Um but this is probably as dark a comedy that you can get. Um, I, I found myself, uh, you know, from the opening scene, which, uh, you know, an unhinged Alec Baldwin is perfect for the role that he was cast in. Um, you you find yourself as he's as he's recording this this speech about, uh, you know, how uh, about white supremacy, and he keeps messing up, and and he's like getting notes, and and. The content that he's saying is not funny at all. But as he's like keeps messing up and he keeps like spazzing out, I'm like, I I, I was like I was like cracking up because I'm like he's so off his rocker that like and then like you kind of like I bring it back in. You're like this isn't like this should not be funny, but he's just I think it's just the fact that he just keeps messing up and it just it it, it you know I I was like all right well this movie's definitely not what I thought it was gonna be. Um I knew that it was it was kind of, I remember. It, um, the trailer um, being advertised like as a, as a dark con like there were comedic scenes in the trailer but I was like I they, this this really does go pretty dark with some of some of its scenes where it it does mix drama and comedy like they they, they just like flow together where there's very serious scenes and the dialogue in this is just incredibly well written. And, you know, a lot of it goes to the performances of, of everyone in this movie. Um, John David Washington, who um, 
recently I found out was Denzel Washington's son. Um, I did not know that. I didn't. Wow. I don't. I yeah. I I did not. I was really surprised. I, I mean, they they have the same last name, so I mean, there's I. That's all you really had to say. You could have made it up, and I would have believed you. I'm like, yeah, no, they're both Washington. But if it if it makes you feel any better, I didn't find out that until Tenet came out. But that was still like wow. two years ago. Yeah, okay. right. And and I didn't see like I didn't. I have not seen Tenet yet. Um, when I'll watch it, I don't Missing know. Out. That's that's <laughs> the next one, baby. I've heard I've heard other things, but you know it is what you it like is. Like Interstellar, um, come on. I love Interstellar. Um, there you go. But I, you know, he he doesn't have a long, um, a long resume. I think the, I mean, the first movie that he's credited as is Malcolm X, which was in 1992, and I think he was uh, he's listed as student in Harlem classroom. So I don't well, think he had a speaking role. You know, if your dad's in the movie and exactly. you just happen to be on set, um, yeah, yeah, no, this was, this was. <laughs> this yeah, this was definitely his kind of first, you know, major role. Um, right, being cast yeah, in for sure. Um, but I I thought like there's times where you can close your eyes and he's talking and you hear Denzel. Like he he definitely has his dad's voice in some point where like he's just like you know Denzel has that smooth talking. Like you don't see like I I mean I haven't really you don't see he does I feel like he doesn't like like flip out as much and like doesn't yell or doesn't he just has like a he can like just smoothly talk his way out of any situation um and he he does have a lot of his his, his dad that i that i see in um at least in this um like i said i haven't had tenant and uh but he's he is phenomenal in this movie for being his first major role um adam driver he had a pretty, he as, had a pretty good teacher i think i think you i think you'll be all right I know, right? Yeah, when your dad's Denzel, I mean, it's probably that's free lessons. Like you don't even have to pay an acting coach; you just go home. Um, mm-hmm. and then uh, Adam Driver, who uh, this was in my notes. I don't think there's an Adam Driver role I don't like, and this there there isn't. Like as talky what you want about the Star Wars sequels, he's phenomenal in them. Probably the best he, thing about him. Mm. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good argument. And like even when he's on like Saturday Night Live, which I don't watch anymore, I but I watched his episode and it or both Tremendous. of the episodes, he's phenomenal. Um he he uh as um as Ron's partner, um I feel like a lot of like with with a movie like this, it, it's it's got to be difficult to read some of the like the content on the script. Like and and actually like and be able to I get like basically say the say the lines in a convincing way to, as like as good of an actor like Adam Driver is. Um, the script is very heavy. There's a lot of there's a lot of use of, of you know racial slurs. There's a lot of a lot of cursing in this, and uh, it's it's heavy material that it you know this was stuff that was happening in the early or late sixties early seventies. I mean, you can make an argument that some of this stuff is still happening today. And, um, it was just, it was, I, I, it driver, he convinced me that like, you know, I guess he, and he was acting with the, 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 or whatever they call it, the organization, um, or like some, some crazy stuff, um, how like he has, he basically as undercover, he has to act, but it's just like, I, I really liked the script and how, how they made it as real as they possibly could. Where 
and we've talked about like one movie I'll compare it to is like Blazing Saddles. So Blade and they both came, and you know Blazing Saddles came out in the seventies, and a lot of people were like, "Oh, that movie's that that movie's racist." There's a lot of racist content in there, and I think a lot of people they're like that wouldn't be able to get made today, but a lot of people who like say that they don't realize that Blazing Saddles is making fun of racists and racism where they're doing it where they're making fun of the people who are actually like feel this way towards certain and i think like with a movie like this it's similar where it's just like it's not when you have a movie with this kind of heavy material it's definitely shedding the darkness that existed at that time and it's making the uh, and rightfully so the 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 kkk as monsters for lack of a better word and like just extremely despicable, horrible people, um, and I, you know the the movie takes a tiny, kind of a tone shift about forty five minutes left when um, when basically uh, Ron meets um, David Duke in person, and it, there are a lot of like kind of twists where I didn't think the story went. It went where I didn't think it was going to go, or how it was going to end, where. I saw like the and you know the one scene I'll, I'll talk about is when he follows um, Felix's wife to Patrice's house. I thought that whole scene was going to go down a lot different, and it didn't. And it actually, you know, I, it, it played out more of lack of a better term in here a happy ending for Ron up until a couple minutes later in the story. Um, but it, uh, I, I thought that was going to play out a lot different. Um, I mean, like I said, some of the performances in this, there's a lot of there's a lot of that guys in this movie where it's people that you've seen before. Um, the one police chief is uh is from Robocop three and he's in been he's been in other stuff. I think he was in Rescue Me, um, and a couple other things. Uh if you're a fan of Rescue Me on FX, fantastic show. Um I'm trying to think what else. And then the one guy who uh played the heavy set KKK member, um, I always forget his name. But he's Paul Walter in, Hauser. Paul Walter shout Hauser. Out, shout out Stingray. <laughs> that that guy is literally in almost anything that I've watched lately, where he just shows up, and he's such a great actor. Like he he's he is. I feel like he's actually underrated. I, I really liked him in Richard Jewell. So Richard Jewell, Mine Hunter, and um, we didn't finish. We didn't watch all of it, but Blackbird. He was in a- or- I, I Tanya as well. He was really good. I yeah, he was in I Tanya and Blackbird with uh Taron Edgerton on Apple TV. Um he plays basically he's a serial killer. And he play he like he can play scary but comedic relief perfectly. Like he's he's a very like he has a lot of range. And he was also in um I think you should leave for one skit, which I'll I'll you know I'll quote that a lot, but uh it's one of my favorite skits on the show. Um but yeah, I mean my initial thoughts like this as this I did skip this when it was in theater. So um, one gripe that I did have with this is the fact that you can watch it on Hulu, but you have to have a special membership, apparently. Um, so I had to pay three ninety nine on Apple to watch this because it was streaming nowhere else. So oh, I just want to say streaming. that it was on Hulu, but you need like a premium subscription. Uh, I watched my Blu Ray. You don't have oh, oh you don't have you don't have a uh, cable. No, I got the Hulu. No, I do. I mean, I do, but I got the Hulu. That's like the 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 um. That's what I meant. You don't have your c- cable through Hulu. You actually. No, I got it through like yeah. the Disney bundle, so I you got like, had the cheap version there, of so. it. 
yeah. it wasn't available on demand on FX through your cable. Yeah, yeah but it's, it's edited. I can't I like that stuff is usually edited with a lot of stuff. So it's like FX it's kind of like usually pretty good sometimes. So it's some things you can't like it's it's like I, I feel like if Fair you enough. if you watch it like before 10 o'clock, you're getting like just bleeps the whole the whole time. Sorry, um, I made you pay for a good movie. <laughs> no, I, this <laughs> now here as I had to pay with Jaws, I'm not complaining at all because um, I would, if, I, if I would have seen this a couple years ago, I probably would have paid 10 bucks to see it. Now I only pay three ninety nine, and I have it for another 45 hours. So if I want to watch it again, I can watch it again. It's a win. So go. it's a win. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not complaining. I, 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 you know, initial reactions. I, I, I really love this movie. Um, I, I think it's, it was definitely a, a great choice. Um, I'm glad that that you did pick it. Uh, it this was another one that you know it showed up on my radar that I was really interested in, probably mainly because of Adam Driver. Um, I was like he was he was banging them out like like content after content like good stuff, and I saw his name, so I was like, all right, I'm I'm in. But I just I skipped it. So, um, Harry, you did you see this in theaters or not, or what did you do? Um, yeah, thanks for asking. I appreciate it. Um, I don't remember. I'm pretty sure I watched it at home. Um, however, I don't remember if I watched it before the Oscars because I'm as as you guys know, I'm a big Oscar head, so I like to try to catch as many things. And as we talked a little bit about, this was nominated for uh six six Oscars as well. Uh it only won one best screenplay. It was Spike's first for screenplays, considering all the content he's done is pretty Which wild. That actually, is, that is insane. Yeah. That really uh-huh. is insane because he has yeah. some great movies out there that and he's done. Was, uh, and the fact that that's his first Oscar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wild. And I uh, was also nominated for score, best picture, directing, supporting actor and film editing. It didn't have any best actor nominations for John David Washington. Um, and this was the year that uh, Remy Malek won for Bohemian Rhapsody. So um, mm-hmm. in regards oh, that was to also that. the year that Taron Edgerton wasn't nominated for. Rocky John. Yeah. Yeah, well, what a what a one them all. What a crappy year. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, um, yeah. When I when I first saw this, um, this is this is uh, what I was mentioning a little bit earlier when we were talking about sound of metal. It's with I. It's actually funny when I go through Spike Lee's catalog. I haven't seen a lot of his movies for whatever reason, um, either. And I think part of the reason is is that, um, as you were mentioning a little bit, Chris, and alluding to, it is very heavy. And like watching a movie like this at home is is sometimes not the vibe you're going for when you're when we talked about significant others and like, what do you want to watch? And it's like, um, you know, let's watch a two hour and 15 minute movie about, you know, a black man trying to be in the in the in the clan. And it has a comedic presence presence to that, which is it was actually a very successful film for Spike. Um, I think it was his most successful in theaters besides uh, Inside Man, um, another Spike Lee gem, if you if you get a chance, I uh, get um, it right. Spike Lee joint, my friend. Spike, Spike Lee joint. joint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, exactly. Good call. Good call. Um, so so it has a funny premise there, but it definitely hits on a lot of hard topics, and it definitely gets very, uh, I would say, uncomfortable in scenes, especially when you know you're on kind of the edge of your seat, and and it kind of becomes a little bit of a thriller slash drama when, especially when uh, Adam Driver ends up, you know, behind the scenes with the clan or engaging with the clan. And, you know, you know, that's where the movie's heading, but it's still, you know, as uncomfortable and, and the words hit, you know, as you mentioned, pretty viciously. So um, and and Spike, uh, a spikely joint usually uh, does a great job of touching on race. And, um, you know, I think it's I think it's a, 
a topic that, um, you know, we as a society should never uh, stop talking about or discussing, um, you know, with that. So, um, yeah, as I mentioned, Remy Ma- Rami, Rami Malik winning uh, for Bohemian Rhapsody is a tragedy, uh, especially considering John David Washington wasn't even nominated for it. Uh, I would have, yeah, I would have taken Rami's nomination out. Um, the humor and drama works really well in the film um in regard to that um and there's there's just a lot of powerful scenes uh one of the ones that sticks out to me is uh harry belafonte um and his kind of cameo telling the story about jesse washington that seems really really powerful and you know kind of i don't want to say sucks the air out of the room but definitely every you know the focus is there um and and you're right there with it uh in regards to it but uh i'll throw it over to papa this was your choice uh for hands so uh, talk us through it. What what made you decide to pick this one, and and what 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 touched you about the movie? Um. <clears throat> so, what made me decide to choose this? Uh, so selfishly, sometimes when I think of movies I want you guys to see, I think of movies that I haven't seen in a while that I love, and I'm like, oh, that would be a good one because then I can rewatch it too. Uh, wow. <laughs> so that's kind of where <laughs> Greg, this going one selfish, up. unreal. Yeah. Just just a little bit, but obviously, you know, I want to share the love with you guys and and kind of bring you into my world. But um, yeah, I mean, as far as the movie goes, just some general thoughts. The the cast is superb, uh, but John David Washington and Adam Driver are just on a whole other level. I I think they really stand out. Um, also, shout out to Laura Harrier, who the yeah, only other thing I've seen her in her. is Spider Man Homecoming, and she could not be completely different like any more different than that character in this um uh, oh was she, she was tremendous liz? as well yeah was she liz yeah, she oh was. i didn't even realize that wow right okay <laughs> yes um yeah she's she's completely in a whole different character but uh she she makes it work and you know she doesn't have a ton of scenes but uh she does well with what she has um just a very well not even very extremely well-written edited and directed movie. Uh, you know what you guys had said, or you specifically hands never really sure where the story is going to go. You know, they kind of think you're going down one path and then uh, pull the rug out and, and change things up. So I, I appreciate that. I appreciate them flipping the script. Um, I had actually not seen this in theaters. I, I've seen, uh, a lot of Spike Lee's filmography, but um, I've seen them all solely on home release or like on the small screen. And most of his stories, this one's a little bit of an exception, but most of his stories tend to be smaller scale and more personal. So yeah. I actually will argue against you, Harry. And I would say that this is a better fit for the small screen. Now, Spike, if you're out there, please don't kill me. Um, cause you know, your work definitely belongs on a big screen, but I'm just saying being on a small screen does not detract immensely from it. I think, you know, it was, it was a, a, a good watch, um, all the times that I've seen it, uh, which have only been, you know, exclusively on the small screen. So, uh, either way, I think it was good in that regard. Um, I've only seen this a couple times and it's weird to say, but I, it's always, it's funnier than I remember because, uh, you know, mm. you kind of focus on the main plot, which is, you know, 
black guy goes undercover and joins the Ku Klux Klan with the help of his white partner. Um, that's that's the general idea of the story. But then you forget just how witty the script is and how it has all these um, moments of levity in it, uh, despite being, you know, a fairly dark story. <clears throat> um Soundtrack and score are excellent. I didn't realize the score was nominated for an Oscar, but it absolutely deserves it. I actually uh, have some of these tracks on my Spotify playlist because I, I love the uh, that uh, guitar riff where it's like, dun, 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 dun. you guys know it. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Harry, you mentioned Harry Belafonte's um, Jerome Turner telling the story of Jesse Washington. Mm. Man, that scene, you're you're absolutely right. Sucks the air out of the room. Very touching and personal and just sad, tremendously sad. And then it, you know, immediately thereafter, um watching the the new clan inductees, uh watching the birth of a nation. Uh it just man, it's it it's it, it kind of made me sick to my stomach. Uh, yeah. you know, having those descriptions that uh, Harry Balfonti was telling and then watching just pure, utter garbage in that movie, um, which sadly has its place in cinema history. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just uh, it's it's a fantastic movie. Absolutely love it. Um, but those are, I guess, my initial thoughts on it. I, I will say as much as what, like one of the things that we talked about a lot of things that we like about this, the, I, there are a couple weak spots in here. Uh, well, actually, the one big one I'll say is, is Toe for Grace. I don't know. And mm. I don't know what it is. I don't. I'm never not going to see Toe for Grace as Toe for Grace. And I mean that like he's got a very like I don't think I've ever seen him in a serious role. And, you know, it, it, in this role, he's they're they're mocking David Duke and and his speeches that he gives and out like basically how dumb he is with the, the, and the KKK and how, you know, easily they were infiltrated. But there's something about Topher Grace that just like he's always going to he has that face and that like voice. And it's all like I just can't take him seriously. And it's just like, I don't know if that was intentional, but I don't know. I, I just, he has to over grace face. So I, I want to make a, a quick, funny side story about this. Um, Harry, you and I went to see Avatar on Saturday night. And at one point I turned to you and I was like, oh, I forgot he was in this. Referring to Giovanni Rabisi's character. Yeah. I totally thought that was Sam Rockwell initially. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 wait, uh, it gets better because I swore up and down that David Duke in this movie was also played by Sam Rockwell. So I'm 0 for 2 wow. on movies this weekend thinking Sam Rockwell is in them big, and then being you're getting a sorely big Rockwell journey. Yeah, I guess, I guess. Well, you know what? At least with, with Rabisi, I don't know how I got that mixed up. But um, but with this one, I think I was thinking of that other movie that came out like a year or two ago where um, it, it took place in like the 60s or 70s in the South. And he was like a KKK guy, leader of the yeah. local PTA or whatever. Yeah. So I think I was kind of enmeshing those movies. But it's it's like, man. But to your point, Hans, about Topher Grayson there, I, I do get that. Um, you know, I know. 
he is Topher is is very Topher, you know, whether you love it or hate it. But uh, but I do think that that casting choice, even though the role is mostly played seriously, I do think it's almost like, hey, let's get this actor who is mainly known for his comedic stuff, put him in this serious role almost as a way to poke fun at that right. real life individual. Like, <laughs> oh, look at what a goof this guy is, you know? Now I did I look at like my take on it. No, and and that's and, like I I did say that like unless it was done intentionally to like mm-hmm. he d- to make him like goofy Topher Grace, and like I guess I I actually looked at a picture like some of the stuff I looked up after I watched this of just like what was true what was not. Mm-hmm. They there's a side by side of Topher Grace's David Duke and the real David Duke at that in the seventies. They look very similar. Uh, it's yeah. like it's it's very weird. And wow. I, I guess, like, as I see it now, like, well, costume like, and makeup, baby. I was like, David Duke looked like Tover Grace. So, how close just, did he look to Sam Rockwell? Not at all. But <laughs> I, but I have, I have good news for you if you haven't seen Iron Man two in a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, guess who's in it? <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I, but I, I, I think I, it's nothing against Tover Grace because. I think as his scenes, I think when he's on the phone and it, it, I think once he actually interacts with other characters and he's not just sitting in an office on the phone, I, I actually like the the whole scene where Flip is getting inducted or whatever, I guess, into the like, whatever he's doing. Um, I think that scene is great because it's my, my probably my favorite scene in the movie is when he tricks him when he's taking the picture and he when he and he like messes with him. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that's great. And there's a lot of tenseness in that. And I guess it's it's the calmness that, you know, as much as John David Washington has it, Topher Grace brings that too in that role where he was very calm and very um, unknown of, of what was happening. And one, I guess, true fact is like that didn't play out at the end where um, Ron didn't prank call, which I love the prank call that he does at the end. Yeah. Um, he didn't prank call David Duke to tell him who he was. He didn't find out until like 2006 when someone had followed up on it and they're like, hey, this blah, blah, blah. Did you know um, that Wild. Ron was black? <laughs> and I, I I, I would love to see his reaction of what <laughs> after 25 or 24 years of thinking that this guy was white. Um, but mm. yeah, I thought that was a fun little fact. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just I was going to say as a counter, I kind of enjoyed Topher Grace's uh, David Duke as like. Because there, there was something I read about it where he, like, Trevor Grace obviously studied, you know, footage, read his autobiography, and he found him to be more racist than he had assumed. But he think what he found most frightening was Duke's ability to make himself charming to an audience in spite of his racism. And so that's what Trevor Grace wanted to portray. And I think he's, like, such a good choice for that because he does have that kind of... um like ability and charm, I yeah, guess. Charm, to, yeah. To kind of put like you know, you think of him as the funny, witty guy, and like you know, you kind of can see it where you know, and I think there's some footage in there too where it's just like, yeah, it sucks. Like they, you know, this guy is is more racist than you think, and he's you know more charming than you think, and that's how he's able to to get people you know to listen to him per se or people around him in regards to that so i kind of enjoyed the performance from that aspect of like i thought he was pretty um i thought it was a good choice uh when when i had read that so 
And, and one thing, like at that time, like David Duke was 22 years old. This took place in 72. I had to look that up of when this took place because one thing that shocked me, and this is not even movie movie related, it's more like real life. I didn't even realize that OJ was drafted in 1968. I thought he was drafted in like 78 for some reason. I didn't know it was like drafted in the 60s. So when he's, they're talking about like, you know, like some of the athletes and all in there, and he says mm-hmm. OJ Simpson, I was like, wait a minute. I was like, there's no way that OJ Simpson was drafted in the 60s. And he was. So I looked it up. It was 72. And David Duke was only like 22. His character is 22 at this time. And he's like, you know, that national horrible director. of a person and national yeah. director of the organization. <clears throat> so I there were there <clears throat> were a lot of times in this movie when I watched this by myself where Howard, to your point earlier, when you said, like, you know, when you have a significant other and you're like, hey, uh, I have two movies that, you know, we're going to watch for the podcast. Do you want to watch one about a drummer who loses his hearing or a black yeah. guy that a black guy that infiltrates the Ku Klux Klan? Spoiler alert. We didn't watch any. Um, so, uh, this is, I, I did watch this by myself and a lot of times I like found myself just like, like scumbag. I said the word scumbag, like a lot more than <laughs> yeah. I, I say in a normal movie. I'm like, I just like, I hate to be people. fair. It's well warranted. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, like, I'm just like, oh, like, ugh. like these, these people exist. Um, but I, I, you know, and that's the, and Spike Lee touches on a lot of heavy stuff, um, in his movies and his storytelling. And one movie I recommend from 2000. From him, it's actually one of my favorite movies that he does. It's called Bamboozled. Um, it's got Marlon Wayne's, I believe, in it. Um, I think it might have a couple of the Wayne's brothers. Um, I, I think there's like eight or nine of them. Um, and I think it's Marlon or Damon. I don't know. Um, but it's a yeah, that was very... the other thing I was gonna say is like sometimes it's really hard for whatever reason to find Spike Lee movies. Um... Bamboozled, yeah. I I mean, when it came out, we watched that in high school. And I think my senior year in high Damon school. Damon Wayne's is who you're thinking of. Damon Wayne's, yeah. Um, and it it's it is. I remember like, you know, and, and his movies they, they do touch on you know a lot of race issues that like in American history. Um, and it was a very and just like watching that movie in a predominantly white high school in Philadelphia. Um, it was like kind of an eye opener because you know a lot of a lot of stuff that was taught during like American history or anything like we didn't really, we weren't familiar with a lot of those things. Um, so that's why I like seeing like, you know, a lot of Spike Lee's movies where they, they do touch on that. The one movie that's been on my radar for a while that came out a couple of years ago, uh, the five bloods, which I heard mm-hmm. was really, really good. Um, yeah, it's I, good. Not yeah, watched it's it I still got to watch that too. Yeah. Which also has um, stingray in it. Cause he just, you want, you want to pay for that one. He's like, he's like the new, um, like Spike, like what? What is it? Paul Hauser, or Paul Thomas How? Oh, Paul, Paul Walter Hauser. Paul Walter. Hauser. Paul Walter Hauser. He's like the <laughs> Paul new Thomas like, Anderson. Um, yeah, he's like the new like Nolan and um Tom Hardy. Where like I hope he's in like all the Sting or I mean all the Stingray movies, <laughs> all the um Spike Lee movies. Um, so he's in two of them so far in the past couple of years. Give us more PWH, <laughs> dude. I I, I just I, I he, he when I saw him, I'm like I couldn't help but laugh because I know I'm like. I know right away, like he's definitely like a vi- he's absolutely a villain and on a, 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 a representing a terrible group. But I'm just like I laugh because I'm like you know this guy's gonna be like I any kind of comedic relief and he's gonna do dumb things and say dumb thing and do dumb things and I'm just like I, I was so happy to see him because he just I think he just like elevates roles like mm-hmm. a- into like whatever he's playing he plays it so well. So he's like a, a very evil stingray. 
<laughs> Stingray. No. Uh, yeah. Any other thoughts that you guys have? Um, for me, just uh, the ending. Um, I thought the ending was one of the saddest and most poignant endings to a movie I've ever seen. Uh, you know, leading up to the very end. Um, you know, prior to the final scene. Uh, it seems like you know it's it's a happy ending and everything's kind of wrapped up in a nice neat little bow you know we we uh took care of some clansmen and including ousting some from the government uh we caught the uh, racist abusive cop uh and you know got him arrested so everything's kind of hunky-dory and then we get that final scene and you know they're burning across on um uh the 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 field across from uh uh John David Washington's house uh Ron Stallworth's house and uh and then it's kind of juxtaposed with footage from modern day uh you know as recently as a couple years ago where everybody from the president to um you know just supporters of this movement uh just saying and spewing awful things and it's you know so even though we get that uh that resolution of like oh yeah we we kind of wrap things up and some good work was done here the overriding message is yeah but there's still a lot going on and it's it has not been fixed and in some ways might be just as bad as it was before so it's um definitely something where you watch that and it's like we've we've got work to do as a society we need to get our crap together yeah and the one thing about the ending and i had to rewind it like once or twice because once you know they 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 take care of what they need to do like their their case is wrapped up and they go and talk to the chief and the chief tells them that like hey you need to get rid of all evidence with this and you need to close this case and and give up like stop investigating and it's done I was kind of like I thought that's where it was going to end, um, which I, there's a couple scenes that I'm I'm glad that, I, and I don't remember if those scene in the bar where they they caught the 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 dirty cop if that was after mm-hmm. that I think it was it, it was yeah it was after that scene okay um, I love that scene I thought that was great and I love the scene where they're prank calling David Duke and you're right mm-hmm. like everything's leading up to a happy ending and and you put it perfectly where. You know, everything seems fine. You see the the cross burning and the modern day footage. And this is all stuff that it it's still it's been um it's it's been a, a big topic in the past few years. It's not it I, I wouldn't say a lot of the um I, I don't want to say it. there's definitely haven't been improvements because we still I mean once all these issues are kind of eradicated, that's when there really is improvements. Um I, I think there's not you know, I, it, it seems like it's just a different form of the same evil that is kind of just evolved into today's world. Um, like, yes, a lot of things aren't as physical anymore. Like there are still, you know, physical things that happen and attacks and 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 unfortunate events like that. But there's also a lot like in, in the day of like social media. And it just I, I feel like, you know, there's there's political leaders that. Fuel, th- throw fuel to the fire and uh 
whether or not it's intentional or not, like it, it's it's just a very it's a very dark time to know that this took place in 1972, which is 50 years ago, and it's still, you know, it's there's still a lot of hurdles to to jump over, and you know, you think you could say like, oh, well, it's not as bad as it was in the 50s and or six or the 60s or 70s. I'm like, no, but I mean, the fact that this is still being discussed that it's not have it hasn't been improvements. It's just being talked about differently. Mm-hmm. So, hair. Yeah, no, I mean, I think well said by by both you guys in regards to that. I mean, it is it is a pretty jarring ending um, in regards to it, and I think you know the uh, the twenty what was that twenty not twenty twenty. Um, you know, Trump being pretty much uh, voted in the office was kind of, I don't know if that was around the time they were filming, filming, but definitely kind of. It, well, it had to be because I think he was voted in in 16, right? And this I think was, it was, yeah, 16, he was voted 20, in 16, yeah. 18. And I mean, they have yeah. footage of him, I think, on the campaign trail. So, yeah, yeah. So, like, I definitely think it's kind of influenced by that. So, I can mm-hmm. definitely see, you know, um, politically that being, you know, a conversation point in regards to that. Um, the only other thing I wanted to mention just in regards to that was just the, some of the historical accuracy that was that was mentioned a little bit. Um, you know, Chris, you were mentioning the film is set in 72, but this investigation actually didn't happen until 78, 79 um, in regards to it. So and when I thought OJ was really drafted. Okay. Yeah, when you yeah, so yeah, your logic there. Um, and then um, you guys had already mentioned on some things, but there was actually two partners um, that played the role of uh, of Adam Driver in real life. Um, in regards to that, and some of the stuff as far as the bomb and the, uh, I think it's like when Stallworth and the other officers they never really worked to secretly expose and arrest a racist cop. Um, that was depicted in the film, but it wasn't, but there was like stories of like, there was a plan to attack. Um, I think, uh, the story was, it was a plan to attack a local gay bar. Um, Mm -hmm. but there was never a a bomb against a black student union. So, Mm -hmm. but I mean, you know, those are some of the liberties you you take when you're, when you're making a film for dramatic effect. Um, yeah, I just, I remember that being a conversation point, I think around, you know, and whenever you have a film, you know, by Spike Lee, or you have a film that's going up for Oscars, it always gets to that moment where it's like, hey, let's talk about what really happened, you know, or let's talk about this true story. So um, those were just the other small little points that I had on there. But, you know, obviously, when you're making a movie, you know, you want it to be, you know, as I felt watching it as intense um, or as funny or as emotional as, as it can be, um, you know, with, with that storytelling. So um, in regards to it, but yeah, I, I gave this one a four out of five stars um, when I saw it. So yeah, loved it. Um, highly recommend, um, you know, great introduction to John David Washington and another Spike Lee joint that's uh, going in the books um, for it. So wish, uh, wish Spike had gotten more Oscar love before this. But, you know, again, that's part of the uh, the problem with the Oscars, you know, kind of what we discussed already on previous episodes and in regards to the conversation today <laughs> regarding Black Klansmen. So, mm-hmm. um, Hans, what do you thing, rate it? A, a side note I want to put in, Harry, you were talking about, like, you know, with the, the Trump election in, in 2016 or 20, 
2016. Yeah. Um, there. If you watch this with subtitles, I don't know if you would have caught it or anything, but there is dialogue in it where at the at the initiation, there's you hear someone in the back just says "Man One" on subtitles, and it says something like, "Well, I'm gonna make America great again." Um, which is a nice little like nice, nice little thing that Spike Lee probably threw in, like, yeah. Oh, there were there were a couple not so thinly veiled shots. Yeah, fired. there the the scene where Ron is talking with his sergeant, and the sergeant is explaining Duke's plan to basically, you know, infiltrate the government and and spread that message of hate with an undercurrent to it in, through politics, and then. uh uh ron's like oh they'll never elect someone like that president and then there was there's another time when i think david duke is on the phone um with ron uh one of the instances and and he said something along the lines of i want to achieve making america great or, or something yeah. along those lines and it's like all right yeah i yeah we we got it (laughs) yeah yeah um but no my ranking with this would be four out of five um yeah i i i really do and i if i do it i have to do it within 45 hours probably less now to watch it again um but unless you know i find it somewhere maybe if like harry said on fx now i I can watch the edited version now that i've seen the unedited um, so the true version. there you go uh, I am giving this 4.5 out of five stars. I see really... we're aligned here. We're aligned here. Yeah, four, there we go. We're within that one star, star off. Yeah. Exactly. Look at that. Uh, I, I absolutely love the movie clearly. And um, I, man, it's just, it's such a well executed movie with so many things going right for it. It's got a little bit of everything and uh, it's, it's exactly what I look for in a movie. So really, really awesome job by spike lee in a c he, i mean he's just he's a great director period but yeah. when you have so many hits to have one stand out even further above the rest it's like oh man that's that's awesome so that's what i'm feeling I here can, i can kind of compare him to like and they're not they're not as i guess as as no like you know not as well known like he's kind of like tarantino where like tarantino is always trying to outdo himself with each movie and like I, I guess the last Tarantino movie that came out was was it Hateful Eight? Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Once oh, upon I, time. I did not see. Okay, I did not see that yet. Um, which I hear Added people say that's his that's his best one. That's like his best movie. For me, it's Hateful Eight or Kill Bill. Um, but I mean, I I, I feel like every time like a, a Spike Lee movie is coming out, people are always saying like this is definitely his best movie. This is definitely his best movie, and it, it, like he just outdoes himself. Um, and it's, that's definitely what Tarantino does. Cause he has a ton of movies that are coming out where I just feel like he always improves his filmmaking and makes it, makes it better. So, mm. yeah, but I'm trying to think of anything else. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm glad on both, both movies. I'm, I, I enjoyed them both. I'm, I'm really glad that you guys, yeah, we, Listen, I think we did it. We did a great job this time around, unless you're me picking for Greg because he rated uh, <laughs> mine the lowest two and a half. So. It was OK, man. I'll, it have, was to, okay. I'll have to. I he said it was fine. This. That's that's. Yeah. yeah, but here's the thing. If, ha- if, say, if Greg says it's fine, that's like Harry praise. That's, that's like basically fair. saying like, oh, my God, that's like fair. I like it. You're probably right. Thanks. Thanks for comforting me, guys. I appreciate it. It's all right. Sure. Sure. Why we're all here. right uh well that concludes our episode thank you guys for joining us as always uh harry anything for the peeps 
guys thanks for listening um hopefully you guys are, are filling filling your time with uh the plentiful content out there um whether you're an ip fan or not um let us know if there's anything you know we're missing out on uh, or haven't discussed um there'll be plenty of stuff uh that i could see coming around i mean we're almost to the end of the year so when we do our year in review and uh, there's going to be a lot of fun and exciting nominations and things to talk about. I don't know. We might do a five hour pod on that. So not jinxing it now, but uh, yeah, exciting times ahead. Good, good weather. Like, listen, let's just enjoy it. Fall weather, baby. Amen to that. It's sweater season. Uh, hands, anything for the peeps? Yeah, my heart, sorry, my heart hurts. Like literally, like I'm not saying like I'd like I'm sad. Like it literally, like it hurts. <laughs> it's like, not a metaphorical start... pain. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I, yeah. All right, guys. I, I, we'll see you later. We're gonna call nine one one. Yeah, see you. Um, no, I, thanks for listening. Uh, I, I, you know, we one thing that we all did see over the weekend was Avatar to get us prepped for Avatar two, which. Um, I'm just putting it up there. I now. didn't probably... put a. I didn't put a gun to your guys' head to go either. You guys were both in. To go without that. No, I so you know IMAX 3D too. Yeah, as Harry was alluding to, there's a lot of stuff coming out uh, into like by the end. So we're gonna have some interesting lists. I'm already putting Avatar 2 at the top of it, so I I don't even see the movie. Not Batman, you're out. It's probably it's gonna be it's gonna be close. I mean, right now, right right now it's the Batman, but I'm telling you, man, I I just for some reason I'm putting Avatar 2. I swear there was something else that came out just recently and you're like this is the best thing i've seen this year was like above the batman no was no it, it was like you were serious the, when you said it was it the controversial ratings didn't you have a controversial ratings that we called him out on can't remember they that's like every other week yeah it's true. i don't know yeah it'll ah. come to me when i'm least expecting it but you definitely like top gun maybe put something up there <laughs> nah, it was something it was- that was like not worthy <laughs> Oh, Jurassic man. World. That's what it was. It was big, Jurassic big, World. Big yeah. Jurassic World. <laughs> minions. Oh, my it was Minions. No, stop. Stop. <laughs> now you bother me. Now I got to figure it out. All right. You definitely did, though. You elevated I know. No, I know. You're right. You're right. I was like, I think like I was like really conflicted about what it was because I think when I said that it was probably the best thing this year, um, oh, man, I don't oh. even know what it was. Spoiler, spoiler alert for the folks listening at home. Handwriting's number one for the years. Avatar Way of Water, which hasn't come out yet. <laughs> And uh the Batman. Yeah, so and something <laughs> and something that apparently I don't even know <laughs> was yeah. so great what we can't is. even recall. Just skipped Rings of Power, skipped Top Gun, skipped his fan favorite Batman, skipping Morbius and jumping straight to Way Dude, of Water. And you know what? It might have actually now that you're mentioning it, it might have been Rings of Power, which is funny yeah. considering you haven't caught up on the show. Yeah, I think I it don't was know. like I when think... the first episode dropped, you're like, This is the best thing this year, blah blah blah. I I'll know. watch it in a month. <laughs> I, I got to fig- figure it out. I will say sometimes it's... it is fun to build some episodes up and, and binge. I will say that if you, sure. if you, sure. if you Dude, want I'm, I'm legit like right world. now, as we're talking, going through. Right. Well, uh, it wasn't while hustle. You, while it you do that, we'll, we'll continue yeah. to sign off for the phone. Yeah, we'll sign off. the show. Um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> with shoes on, by the way. Yes, with shoes. Marcel the shell with shoes. Uh yeah, so it the weather is getting better, which uh, means it's got a slight chill in the air. Perfect time to get cozy, cuddle up with your loved ones, watch, watch some, some football, excellent content. Yeah, plenty of stuff dropping as as these boys talked about. And guess what? We're gonna be here to share our thoughts with you all. Hundred percent. So we appreciate you coming by. Hey, one other thing. 
be nice to each other, please. Yeah. That's all it takes. Uh, love you guys. Thank you for tuning in as always. And make sure you live spicy. Spicy.